0: morning our scripture reading this morning is from Jonah chapter 2 verse 7 to chapter 3 verse 10 when my life was fainting away I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love but I with the voice of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you What have I vowed I will pay? Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown, and the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation, and published through Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God,
1: Good morning. I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church. And um, let me just emphasize um, again three things. Um, today at 4 o'clock, um, we do have our missions um, sharing time um, when three of us went to the Middle East. Um, this is a, uh, and God is really doing something. Uh, I don't think we ever set out. Just to be honest, when Pastor Georgia and I planted Christ Central, we didn't set out to be a a worldwide mission, kind of overseas, sort of sending church, but I'm not the head of this church, the Lord Jesus is, and so guess what? People are going, (laughs) because that's the way God wanted it, (laughs) wanted his church to do, so I got an opportunity to go overseas, Kelly and I, and Pastor Charles, and Pastor R.J. Davis, the pastor at um, Nations Ford Baptist and his congregation um, that are coming, um, and our people are coming, and West Charlotte, uh, our daughter church, um, they're coming, and I hope Christ Central Church is gonna be there. Um, It is very important um, that you be a part of this because I think you'll begin to see what I'm seeing, and I'm sorta not leading this thing. I mean, the Holy Spirit is working in your lives, right? Um, and, and you guys are going places and overseas and inviting me to see it and others to pray about it. So this is something the Holy Spirit is doing at Christ Central. And I'm urging you to hear what God is doing here and um, come this af- back this, this afternoon and hear more about it. The second thing is, of course, our anniversary. Um, yeah, it's a party. It's a celebration. It's a time of testimony. It's a time of... Recommitment, it's a time of renewal, it's a time of reflection, um, and it's a time of celebration, right? And if you look at scripture, God calls us to celebrate these things, right? Because you don't get to year 15 without God's power, without God's grace. And um, you don't get to be part of the body of Christ without God's grace, right? You don't get to be a family like this without God's grace. So come out. Um, there are some scholarships if, if it's just impossible for you to pay. Um, this is not to create a night for people of privilege, right? So please, if you can pay, if you have the privilege, pay more. So those who don't have it can come, okay? Um, finally, um, yeah, this is a little pastor uh, announcement time. Um, but I just feel moved <laughs> to let you know that Vacation Bible School um, is not like, well, it used to be just what the children's ministry is doing, right? Let me explain to you. Let, let me flip it on its head. This is what Christ Central Church is doing to minister to the children in this church and in our neighborhoods. Do you hear that? It's not the children's ministry throwing VBS. Christ Central Church is throwing VBS. That means if you're a member, especially, or someone who wants to be a part of the mission and vision here of this church, VBS is your ministry, right? And we're uh, working with Aaron, who led it last year, to figure out ways for us all to be involved and fulfill the vows we say when we baptize our children. And we say, yes, I'm going to help, right? And this is our call to reach the youngest ones in our community, to love and care for the youngest ones among us. Jesus said, let the little children come. And he was talking to the disciples. He wasn't talking to the children's coordinator. He was talking to the church. So be the church and do VBS, okay? All right, more information coming on that. But today, back to why I'm up here, for real is we continue in our mini-series through the book of Jonah. If you haven't had a chance to hear the first two messages, they should be up online for you. These messages build on one another as the book itself does. So I recommend reading through the book and listening to these first two sermons. And like I've said before, there's a lot here that I didn't cover. This is a quick series. But last week we looked at Jonah's prayer from the belly of a big fish that God sent to swallow him up. And we saw what it looked like to go through the beauty of God's process of being floored by our sin, but then being salvaged by him and finally refined by his grace in the process. Well, I've included a few verses from that prayer from last week's reading to bridge God's process to what it means to be restored by God's grace, restored by God's grace. Many of us are stuck somewhere in our lives, like Jonah in the belly of the fish, pressed, squeezed, suspended and suffocated by our sin and suffering and just living in this world's brokenness and we just can't get right. But the story of Jonah teaches us that God did not leave him and won't leave us stuck there. No, God restores lives like yours and lives like mine. First, as we see from the scripture, I'm trying to go slow so you can get the points, there's only two. First, by restoring our faith in him, restoring our faith in him, And secondly, by restoring his call on our lives. Restoring his call on our lives. It is safe to say that when things got hard and cloudy for Jonah, and God calling him to preach to Nineveh, the sworn enemy of Israeli God followers like himself, Jonah lost faith in what God was doing and what he, Jonah, was called to do and be by God. God was calling Jonah to do what it took to make Assyria great again. And he wasn't willing to wear the hat, much less speak at a rally. God was like, yes, you can. And Jonah was like, no, I won't. See, I got both sides, see. I know what church I'm in. And the Bible says that Jonah fled the presence of the Lord and went the other way, the opposite way from his calling. But while Jonah was living and acting out a broken faith, acting out a broken relationship and a lack of trust with the Lord, God was continuing to be faithful. God restores our faith in him by being faithful to us when we can't and aren't to him. Look at verse 7 through 10 from that prayer in chapter 2. Jonah says, Well, my life was fainting away. I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you uh, into your holy temple. Those who pray, uh, who pay regard to vain idols, forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed, I will pay. And he declares, Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish and had vomited Jonah up on the dry land. Jonah ran, Jonah sinned. And God went with and after him and never left Jonah alone, right? Jonah was in the belly of a fish and God was there. To hear his prayers and then speak to the fish to vomit him out. God was faithfully there involved in a nasty, closed in. It's your fault, Jonah. It's a bad place to live in this world. Murphy's Law, brokenness as unrelenting and unloving and broken and stink and fishy and drowning this world. And our hearts are, God is faithful, y'all, to go with and be with us there. And when Jonah says in verse 9 that Jonah will pay his vows to the Lord, that, that he will obey and be faithful. And then he yells out, salvation belongs to the Lord. Understand, he says that only because the Lord has not left or abandoned his holy place. Jonah ran, God stayed in the holy place to hear his prayers. God did not shut down his holy government and care and benefits to us because we turned against his plans. He stays and its benefits to us stay too. God restores us from broken thinking and places by being there. He will not leave or forsake you regardless of where you run. And to run from his presence or, or try to escape him will simply set God off and on to chasing you down. I recommend you not try it. You might end up in a fish for three days. But even in those cramped situations, it will God be God being faithful in your unfaithfulness. But not only faithful to bring you back and restore you, but forgiving you. When Jonah was in the belly of that fish, the deed of disobedience was done. Brother was caught. That's all. He was jammed by God. But when it says that God heard his prayer and he was able to give his vows to the Lord and that God then told the fish to spit him up on dry land and that he lived and he didn't die in that fish, it meant that God had forgiven Jonah. Jonah. He had forgiven Jonah, a preacher who should know better and be better in all his insolence and hard-headedness and hard-heartedness and rebellion and deciding to be his own God as he talked about in the prayer about following your own idols and go his own way and live the life he wanted to live and be unfaithful to God, that God forgave him, y'all. I was in my Jonah commentary, was looking through my Jonah commentary written by Richard Phillips. Has been incredibly helpful Academically. But it's doubled as a devotional book for me as I work on it this week. I'm going through processes of my own sins and struggle and unfaithfulness to God. Yeah, I'm a pastor like Jonah, right? I got all kinds. Y'all know. Here's the deal. Nine times out of ten when I preach a message, God makes me live it or feel it through one of your struggles or my own. Because he's real. And God is processing, hopingly restoring us. But the author of the commentary had a quote from a theologian, O. Palmer Robertson, and it says this. God forgets. And he never holds a thing against you. He goes on to say, think of how wonderful are the implications of that one fact for your life. God simply does not hold grudges against people who humble themselves and ask His forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Let that sink in for a minute. God is that good, God is that faithful. He is that free and freeing with his forgiveness. The story of the Bible tells us over and over when you look through these pages about angry with God, evil, stupid acting, silly, racist, sexist, addicted, power hungry, sexually broken, financially immature and stunted. Sinful people like Jonah being forgiven again and again and again because we are sinners but God is a forgiving God. But just don't take my word for it. Hear God's. Look at verse 1 through 4. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message I tell you. And Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Stop right there. You see that? Verse 1 says, a second time. We don't have to preach no more, do we? You can go with that verse and say, and the word came to Jonah. Y'all say it a second time, right? You know what, y'all? The God of heaven is a forgiving God of second chances. Ain't he? He's a God of second times. He's a God of second chances. He's a forgiving God. And if you live long enough, right, with him being the faithful God is, he is is the God of second and third and fourth and fifth and 163rd chances. And that is why this verse reads like a groundhog's day from chapter 1. It is the same calling and purpose Jonah was called, but this is different. Why is it different than the first time? Simply because it's the second chance time for the same person. It could have been the second time God's word came to Nona, Jonah's sister. Because God was done with Jonah. No, God is not the God of forgetting and dropping those he loves because you failed him. This is the craziness of the gospel. But instead, he is a God who restores those he loves, not reject those he loves. And is that faithful and forgiving love that only gives us second chances, but changes. Look again at verses 1 through 4. Remember what happened in chapter 1? Wish we could have parallel verses. Just watch this. Go back home and look at the two. But this, then the, word, came of the Lord, word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, yet 40 days of Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth. From the greatest of them, excuse me, to the least. I read one verse too many there. Do you see what happened the second time? On the second chance? Maybe for you it's the fourth. I don't know. Don't get caught up in a number. Think about it as again. That's a better word, again. Jonah's body moved in a whole different direction than it did the the last time when he heard the same word of God. God's purposes and words did not change, Jonah did. This is not about God making it clearer than he did before as if, as if God has a communication problem or that, that his word is so hard for us to get or, or understand. No, Jonah was hard to get through to, And the second chance Jonah, the second changed Jonah, got it in his heart and body co- and committed to it. His choices followed through because he was not the same Jonah. He had gone through God's process, and as a result, he was changed to be able to walk in the second chance God gave him. We moved to Charlotte, and we eventually got a bungalow in this area, Kelly and I. Remember when we were in our HGTV days? All young, Hopeful. We love that old house. Remember we used to do all the work in it? We didn't know what we were doing, but remember how we used to try? That house, 100 years old, maybe older, continues to get second chances to be used. Because the structural failures with certain plumbing, electrical, and insulation methods had failed and broken over the years, or, or they were just plain dangerous. You know, asbestos is good for stopping fires, right? So they thought, put it in the floor, put it in whatever. Fire retardant, most important, right? The first time. But it was changed. Upgraded, restored, to live out the same calling, to be a house at and for a different time. Some of you, God has brought you through sicknesses and financial hardship and marriages on the brink and some kind of depressive situation or some suspending sin, or a time when you had a hard time following and believing God, God is and has given you a second chance to the same life and possible calling, but not as the same exact person. See, God does not second change. See, God does second changes, even in our sinful state with every second chance. Jonah was giving a second chance to the same ministry, but the Jonah that went into the fish was not the same person that was vomited out the fish. and that was not because Jonah made all the right choices or made a personal resolution to be different. It was a personal resolution that actually put him in that fish in the first place. No, this is about God's choice. This is about God's faithfulness to restore Jonah's faith in God by God being faithful and forgiven. Did y'all know that's how faith works and is restored in us? I don't know who might have told you the wrong thing. That in order to be faithful, you just got to think better or do better or, or try harder. Faith is not by you and me trying harder to believe, but about the grace we receive from God. Oh, I'm going through such a hard time. What's happening to me? Why am I going through this? Lord, again? Why? I failed. I messed up. I had a challenge. I didn't live up to the challenge. Why is this happening to me? Lord, not because... here's, Here's the crazy scandal of your story not that, that it is not defined your failures are not defined about your uh, it's not defined and described as you not being faithful enough even though you have have been unfaithful but it's primarily defined about how God is restoring his faith in you through your failure. You know what the Bible says? Faith is a gift from God. In the belly of that fish, God should have kicked Jonah out. He should have let that fish have a nice meal. He should have hired Nona, right? Right? Or Mona, whatever. But instead of turning Jonah over to his guilt, God gave him a gift. A gift of his faithfulness and forgiveness that built Jonah's faith to go to Nineveh. Jonah could trust God again because God and that fish worked, processed faith in him. That made Abel, Jonah not only able to believe God again, but to hear God calling him again. I I don't know if you've ever been in that spot. You can't even hear God calling. You look around at your world and you're like, "Uh uh-uh, that ain't for me. Look, there have been times I'd be up here preaching, right? God is working. He's using me because God can use a donkey. Y'all heard that before. So he definitely can use a, you know what I'm saying, right? (laughs) PG-13, trying to keep it good. I'll let y'all mind do the working. Sit in my mouth, right? So, my mouth. I'm sorry. I went Charleston for a minute. I took the H off. Please forgive me. I'd be up here preaching, and y'all, oh wow, Well, whatever. God's changing you, blah blah. And deep in my heart, I'm not hearing it. Myself, because God's processing faith in my heart. And we might get to more of that next week, right? Don't look ahead. Stay with me. God was not only restoring Jonah's faith in our, and not only restores our faith in him, he restores his calling on our lives a calling to share his power and goodness to the world. A clear indication that Jonah was forgiven by God is that his call by God was restored as well. Right? God uses Jonah again, y'all. Remember we talked about this, to do the same thing. But God's forgiveness played out in Jonah's life by these words in verse 1 again. Second time. Right? Jonah was restored to his calling by being told by God a second time to do the same thing for the same reason. And that reason was so that God's power and goodness would be known to the world. See, the reason Jonah refused to go to Nineveh the first time, we've talked about this, but I'm going to run it through again. Was that Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire, and, was, and the Assyrian Empire was an incredibly evil, disgusting, and dangerous place for a God fearing Israel, Israelite like Jonah back then? He was blood. Nineveh was Crips, right? In the, imagine Cripville, and you were blood, right? Everybody in the city wearing blue, and you in all red, right? this. The city is three days long. you going to walk in three days? How are you going to get out? Stay around the edges. I don't know. <laughs> right? I, 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 I've been to, I'm from a small town, Charleston. I live in a smaller city, thinking they big, right? Charlotte. But I've been to Amari City, New York. That's like a three-day city. Remember that time I was like, Amari, Sharice, let's go, let's go to New York. Let's try to eat the city. And it was a pause. (laughs) Which part of the city? It ain't a three-day eating through the city. Anyway, we're not getting there, because I would make it through the other side. I'll be in heaven. These people were unjust and uncivil you only that, they despised the God that Jonah worshipped. There was no way they were going to listen to Jonah's word from the God they hated, from a person of a certain nation they hated, as people were plain hateful themselves. But that was true so many times before. And what was true so many times before, God wanted to make untrue. By calling a restored Jonah... To a restored calling to preach, that the world Nineveh, world Nineveh in this case, would know his power and goodness right up against the greatest power and the most evil facing um, Jonah and his people at the time. And the Bible says, Jonah preaches, and God does something, doesn't he? God restores. His power and presence in a way that make the people and systems in Nineveh heed and hear God at and by His word through a restored Jonah, and they go into a "we are sorry" mode, Middle Eastern style. The whole city and 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 all its systems and institutions, dedicated to idols and evil and injustice, they repent. And they say this in verse nine. Let's look at that. I'm not going to read through this whole thing, but here's what it says. It says, "Who knows?" After they said, "Let's repent." God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Then earlier it said, I missed this one, that, that the people of Nineveh believed God. And then in verse 10 it says, When God was saw what they did, how they turned from the evil ways, God relented of the disaster that he had, that, that he had said he would do to them, and he did not. This evil power, it's going to connect in a minute, hang in there. And these incorrigible and impossible people in situation in Jonah's life bowed to God's power and goodness because they came to know God's mercy and justice. Y'all, we are still being called as restored by God. Hear this. Having failed the first or second or third time around against and in those things that intimidated us before. And you have to ask, why would he send us? Why would God send us sinners and people who are broken back to the world we failed and ran from before? Whether a relationship or a job or a ministry opportunity, some impossible situation or place, maybe it's your marriage. Why? Because God has restored your faith in him. After failure, he has restored your calling back to this world, back to the hardship back to the failed spaces and places around us so that whatever and whoever you are called to deal with, hear this, would maybe this time come to know and face his power and goodness. I know some of you are stuck. I hear messages like this. I'm like, yeah, you don't know. I'm on my thousandth time through. It ain't the second time. It's the 22nd year for me. I still won't go. Still can't repent. Still can't let it go. It's still not letting me go. How many years? One Psalm, the psalmist said, How long, God? Why does God keep returning me to the same thing? To be dealt with year after year and failure after failure and not wanting or liking it any better this time. You know why I believe God called Jonah a second time to the same thing? So that Jonah would learn and grow to know the same power and goodness that God called Nineveh to know that it called him to change. Look at this call of Jonah. It's something you got to see, call of God to Jonah again. Here's what verse 1 in chapter 1 says. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. This is chapter 1, y'all. Saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. I want you to look at chapter 2. Now, I have to say this, and I, I don't like to do this because I want you to keep your faith in the Bible. And so the Bible is, it, it, it ain't wrong, okay? Let me just say that first of all, right? But this is not the best translation of this verse, okay? So let me, let me tell you, it, 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 your, your verses in chapter 2, It says, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, the ESV, and call out against it the message that I tell you. And it sounds like it's saying the exact same thing as chapter 1. But if you look at uh, the language here, the the, the original language, the word against is not in there the second time. So God the second time is saying, oh, this is so, hear this. Call out to, not against them. Call to them, not against them. See, Jonah could only preach against them the first time. It was the only power he knew to be a mean jerk, (laughs) to come with force, to come with anger. But having experienced God's second chance, restoration of someone who was a sinner and whom God forgave and loved and never left, having experienced grace just one more time, The second time he came with a message and get this, an embodiment and personal experience and story and testimony of God's power and goodness instead of judgment and condemnation. Just an aside here, what will change the city? What will change hard people around us? And people in our lives, people that are offensive and difficult and really messed up, what will it take to melt our hearts and hard hearts? Not a fist. Not moral righteousness or political fury and fire. But the embrace of forgiving and faithful to, to the broken, faithful uh, faithful by God's grace people, that's the power that will bring people to the Lord in a city, to its knees, living in justice and mercy. But that's a different sermon on this passage, but it's so true. Y'all have been pushing for years to get this person to change and to get people to be right and moral and good. And yet, it's the story of the gospel. It's the power of God's forgiving love that actually changes the heart. And I know it's hard to hear because so many times you failed to believe it before. But that does not mean it is not the truth for your difficult situation. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote much later in the book of Romans that he was not ashamed of the gospel. Why? For it is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. God didn't call Jonah to just be a preacher here of the gospel to Nineveh. But guess what? Good news, a recipient and demonstration and testimony of God's power and goodness to love and restore and reconcile sinners. That's why his message to Nineveh the second time was seasoned and marked by grace. Jonah had been, like we said, raised and empowered by the love of God for him that now was able to come through him and to an impossible task and world in Nineveh. Jonah could rise and go because he believed the gospel. He can rise and go to a dangerous place, y'all, that the Lord who, because that the, the because he believed the gospel, that the Lord who saved him from his sins and his ignorance and his disobedience, that the God who had given him a second chance in running from God and a second calling to the same thing was a God who would go with him to Nineveh and be able to use him powerfully, powerfully Nineveh, could be trusted to be with him in the most uncomfortable places and situations and past places places. places where he had failed, not because he was confident in himself, it's just a humble place to be, but because of his confidence in the gospel, God's salvation, God's love and forgiveness for sinners was real for the first time in his life. Realer than ever. Because he was alive. And God had not left him or Nineveh. You recognize how Jonah's life repeated itself and what happened in Nineveh? God gave him a second chance. And then Jonah came to Nineveh and gave them a second chance. <laughs> if we look at this kind of in a redemptive historical framework, like back off and kind of put the Jesus stamp on it, because every scripture is about what Christ did. Did you know that? From Genesis to Revelation, Jesus said the scriptures is about me. So, like, when you study your Bible, you should say, where's Christ in the story, right? That's what I do when I preach. I'm like, where's Christ in the story? And sometimes it takes a long time. Like, I didn't go to bed till, like, 12 o'clock working on this, which is unusual for me. Because where's Jesus, right? Like, where's Waldo? But where's Jesus? (laughs) The only problem is Jesus isn't hiding. Y'all just got the eye problem, like them little blocks with Jesus. It says Jesus. Just adjust your eyes, right? I remember when you, they had the little blocks and it spelled Jesus. Had to do your eyes funny. You can't see it because you don't believe. I Come on. You got sin in your life. You need to repent. You see it? That's because you're good now. No, no. Do you know that we are Nineveh? And Jesus came to be our Jonah? God had him come down to this earth and suffer the sin of our disobedience. And he died and was in the grave, not a fish, but in the grave three days. And on the third day, like Jonah, Jesus rose from the grave And in him, all the power that raised him from the grave now raises us. And in retrospective redemption, raised Jonah. And it helps us live as those restored by grace. Which means this, y'all. Because Jesus rose, Jonah was restored and rose. And because Jesus rose, we are restored and can rise. What's my message to y'all today? Rise. Rise from your guilty fears. Don't give up or give in because the power of God's gospel is alive in you who are Jesus. So rise to the occasion God has restored you to rise against the dying of your faith rise some of you and come to Jesus rise and lay your issues before God rise and face and speak and believe the gospel for that hard marriage again rise and be forgiven rise because you are forgiven rise and walk in your second chance rise and maybe get back on your knees one more time rise and go and call that friend or loved one rise out of the condemnation of something you did of something you hate about yourself, of someone's sin against you, rise, some of us, from our lazy ways and commitments. Rise from your broken vows and promises. Rise, some of us, from holding a grudge and anger. Rise from feeling sorry for yourself. Rise from wanting revenge. Rise from your fears and insecurities. Rise for the third time and the fourth time and the fifth time and the two thousandth time. Rise from that guilt and pain. Rise from the disappointment you had with God. Rise and know that God does not leave or forsake any of his children, not even the worst. Rise and know that we are called and sent into the world as restored by God's grace. to not be ashamed of the gospel that restored us. So then the chains of injustice and oppression and sin will be broken by the power of God alive in your lives, in the testimony and embodiment of those who have known God's grace, who forgave you, who freed you, who wouldn't leave you. That is the message of restoration. It is the message of being restored by grace. God's people, rise. Not because you're good. Rise in his goodness. Rise in his grace. Don't rise because this time you're going to just do better. Rise because God is just that good to give you another chance and change you in it. Rise and go. Rise and come. Come. Rise because you're restored by grace. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Jonah was dead in his faith, and that fish, he was done. But you did a work of grace, and he could rise. And his life and his world was changed. Lord, I pray for our people. We're discouraged. Our sins have found us out. The world's problems have buried us. Our failures, our constant failures, have damaged our faith. Lord, be merciful to us. Not when we, like Nineveh, put on sackcloth and ashes and fast and pray, Lord, but even greater than that, as we turn to a broken and risen Savior with our sins, who became sackcloth and ashes for us. Cover us in his forgiveness. In his grace today, we've messed up, but you are there. We went to bed with the same problem and woke up with the same, but you are there. Restore your people. Restore their faith. Restore their calling to glorify and enjoy you forever. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. As we...